Clients on Demand teaches coaches, service providers, and thought leaders how to attract the right clients at the right price anytime they want. This podcast is about answering one question. How can you build a sustainable seven or eight figure business that changes the world and gets results for clients without sacrificing your freedom? If you want to know the answer, you're in the right place. All this information is 100% free, so please subscribe to and review our podcast. Hey there, this is Jane Jewell, and I'm here with Adrian Richardson from Clients on Demand, and we're super excited to be here today. Uh, Russ is traveling, so you get to be with the real brains behind the operation and not just the pretty face, Russell Ruffino. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> the smart girls are in the house today. That's right. That's right. So we are gonna, going to uh, continue our series, part four, on what we learned from our first million-dollar month. And it's really exciting because we have Adrian who's going to get uh, – down to the details of what we really did with our marketing that had us celebrate our million dollar month. Yeah, we're gonna share some uh, three things actually that we did with our marketing that helped us to achieve that huge audacious goal that Russ set for us to get to a million dollars a month. And uh, so some good stuff we're gonna share today while you're hanging out with us ladies. Yes, so should we just dive right in? Yeah. All right, here we go. So, Adrian, what was the very first thing that we had to do in order to get to our million dollar month? Well, one of the things that I think people uh, don't pay very much attention to because it's not very like sexy is kind of knowing the numbers in your business. A lot of people don't like accounting. They don't like dealing with numbers. Like they really just want to check their bank account to kind of see how they're doing. <laughs> And that's really dangerous, you know? So one of the things that we really pride ourselves on and we push our clients on a lot is always knowing the numbers. And the numbers specifically that we're gonna talk about today are the numbers for your marketing, for your funnel. You know, we run a webinar um, funnel is our marketing of how we bring in 95% of our clients. So it's really, really important to know exactly how every piece of your funnel is working. And I think a lot of people don't really pay attention to that. That is so important. One of the things, even with the clients that we work with in the beginning, they resist knowing their numbers. It's like yeah. they don't want to track their numbers. And in fact, we just went over this yesterday. I think it was with, with one of our clients. And why do you think people resist even doing their numbers? What do you think? Like, Hmm. That's a great question. I yeah, think more of a mindset question. No, but <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, a lot of it is people are overwhelmed because they don't really know what it means. You know, so sometimes we could have like all this data in front of us, but if we don't know how to interpret it, that can be really overwhelming and challenging. So I think part of why people don't track it is simply because they don't know how to read what they track. So they don't really understand the true value in what's there. So that may be part of it. The other thing too is that sometimes people are scared to know the numbers, right? Like our clients will say like, oh, I was scared to look at the numbers because what if they're bad, you know? <laughs> it's like the person that doesn't go to the doctor because they're afraid of the diagnosis. Like it doesn't make the problem go away. And, and so I think those are probably two things. They get overwhelmed, they don't know how to read it, and then they also are just kind of scared of like, well, what do I even do about this? I think that is so true. I love what you said, they don't know how to read it because mm -hmm. 
I think that just from talking to you, and I'm no Facebook expert, but luckily you've uh, rubbed off on me, <laughs> and I do know how to read the numbers now, but I think that that is so true. In talking to you yesterday even, you were going through somebody you were talking to, and it seemed like they were actually even reading the numbers. Like they mm -hmm. thought they were reading the numbers, right. but the truth is, is they were reading the wrong numbers, which yeah. is also really important if you're reading the wrong numbers, then you're going down a whole different path. Yeah, and you know, the thing for me is a lot of people are scared by the numbers, but what I love by the numbers, I kind of have a different perspective on it. And to me, like data doesn't lie, right? Like it's not my opinion, your opinion, it's not how I feel that day, it's not if I'm having a good day or a bad day. Data doesn't lie. And so one of our big sayings in Clients on Demand is bring the data, not the drama, mm -hmm. because it's very easy to be emotional about your numbers when you're spending money, you know, you're putting money out there into the land of Facebook, you know, and you're, you know, hoping and praying to get something back. And what's great about data when you're tracking your numbers and you know what they mean is that it allows you to remove the emotion from it and make really smart decisions based on truth instead of on feelings. I love this. And this gets back to, you know, some might say that you're a Facebook person, you're a marketing, you're the marketing girl behind it all. But the truth is, is your mindset is like steadfast. So whatever the numbers are, you don't freak out. Yeah. <laughs> right? there's, there's no Adrian freak out that happens, which goes across our entire team, but really led by you in terms of you read those numbers, you bring them to us, we make decisions based on those numbers, yeah. and there never is an emotional reaction what is your secret to doing that, do you think? Like, mm -hmm. What is your belief behind your ability to just read those numbers and not bring any drama into it? Well, I think number one is that when you do track them mm. and you know how to read them, that creates a natural confidence because, and that's part of what we teach is like, here's how to track it, here's what each number means, and then based on whether you're hitting those numbers, it will tell you exactly, it's like it speaks to you, it tells you exactly where the problem is. And so I actually feel that by knowing your numbers that can bring you an automatic kind of emotional stability about it because you can look at the numbers and go, well, wow, my landing page is not converting where it should be, so I need to work on my landing page. Mm. Where Versus when you don't know the numbers, to me, that actually is what causes the anxiety and the unrest and lacking the emotion. And a lot of people may think, well, oh, I'll just look at them once a month or look at them whenever they feel like it. And when you know all the time what your numbers are and where you stand, it kind of automatically instills this sense of confidence and calm. Now, it doesn't mean that you know, the, that the numbers are always great. You know, even when the numbers are bad, it's like still like, okay, well, how do I be calm about this? And so when your numbers are great, it's easy to be calm about it. When the numbers are bad, for me even, it's easy to be calm about it because all that it's still telling me is where the weak spots are. So I don't have to guess, you know, it's so many people that will be like, well, I don't know, should I change my webinar? Should I change my landing page? You know, everybody who's getting on the phone with me is broke. I need to fix my my Facebook targeting, <laughs> you know? And when you don't know how, you're not tracking the numbers and you don't know how to read them, you will make very emotional decisions and oftentimes it will actually make things worse. So I feel like for me, that's probably the key to why I'm able to stay very calm and unemotional about the Facebook ads themselves is because 
that data is going to tell me what I need to improve or what I need to keep on doing that I'm doing right. And I don't have to guess. And, and the guessing is what creates like the anxiety. Yeah, that is so important. Every decision that you make with our Facebook strategy comes down to you knowing the numbers and it falls within a strategy, right? We've been doing this for so long that we know what numbers need to go where. Yeah. And if that number is up or down, you know the decision that you're going to make based on our strategy that's been proven and that works for us, which right. really brings us to our, our second strategy that has really helped us in getting to our million dollar month, which is we just up our game, right? Like mm -hmm. talk a little bit about that. So first yeah. we have to know our numbers and then we up our game. Well, you know, and, and let me clarify kind of and backtrack a little bit for those people who are watching who don't know what the heck we mean by know your numbers. And I'm talking specifically at like, I know exactly how many clicks we're getting on our ads every day. I know exactly how much we're paying per click. I know what our click-through rates are. I know how many people are registering. I know how many people are watching our webinar. You know, how many people are booking a call? How many show up for the call? All the way to the salespeople. How many calls are being done? How many offers are being made? So we literally know every single number in our funnel and we track it on an Every day, I've been here for three and a half years and there's never a day that's gone by that I didn't write these numbers down from the click at that very front end all the way to the close of the sale. And every single click and purchase and this and that that happens in between, we know absolutely every single number. And so because we know our numbers and Jane said, you know, hey, the second thing we did to get to our first million dollar month was we upped our game. The truth is, is we didn't, you know, it, knowing those numbers, we looked at the areas that were our lowest and said, how do we improve on this? Mm. So we didn't go out and try to create 50 new things. We basically said, how do we get better at what we're already doing? How do we improve our click-through rate? How do we improve our landing page? How do we get more people showing up for the calls so we decrease our no-show rate? So we looked at every piece and again, because we know our numbers, we track them every day for four years, we were able to look and see what are the patterns, what are the trends, and what areas should we focus on improving. And then we got together, we brainstormed, and we came up with a plan for how we could improve even 1% to 2% on each of those areas. Yeah, most people don't look at it that way. You think mm -hmm. that you have to do a, a huge improvement, and only the huge improvements are what gonna get you that real big hit, mm -hmm. that real big growth. But the truth is that's not really what we do. Like what it sounds like a lot of what you're doing is you're just making so many tiny tweaks or so many tiny little things or decisions that you're making mm -hmm. and just those couple of percentages over time, just kind of like investing, compounding, right. is really gonna get you to where you wanna go. Yeah, and notice I didn't say we just spent more money. You know, mm. like, hey, if we want to make a million dollars, let's just spend more money and get more leads. And while, yes, part of growing was increasing our ad spend some, you know, you'd think like, well, if we're doing 100000 a month and spending, you know, $1,000 a day on ads, then if we want to do a million dollars a month, we must have to 10x that, right? And spend $10,000 a day on ads. Yeah. But the truth is, is that going from 100000 a month to a million dollar a month, we actually only increased our ad spend from like $1,000 a day to $3,000 a day. So we actually only increased it by three times, but grew the company wow. by 10 times because we just improved each piece of the funnel a little bit 
And like you said, it wasn't like going from a 10% show up rate to a 25% show up rate. You know what I'm saying? It's like percentages, one or two percentage on each piece. And that allowed us to get more out of the money we were already spending and only have to increase by three times instead of 10 times. That is such an important distinction because I think what most people do is they just start throwing more money at it, right? right. Yeah. Yeah. You They're know. like, well, I, I spend more, I'll get more. And one of the most frustrating things with Facebook is actually that that doesn't always happen. <laughs> you spend more and you don't always necessarily get more because a lot of people also don't understand you know, the difference between your audience size and how much budget that audience can handle. And there's so many variables that go into it that people make a huge mistake all the time of thinking, well, if I'm spending $200 to get, you know, four calls booked, then if I spend $400, I'll get eight calls booked. And while there is some truth to that, and sometimes it works, when you start talking about scaling on a huge, like we've done scaling that big, it doesn't work like that. And, and so, what was really, really smart by our team was going in and taking a look at each piece. And, you know, I remember Mark, you know, Mark was like, hey, right now we have, you know, 75% of people showing up for the calls. How do we get that to 80%? Mm -hmm. You know, and we had a lot of very specific meetings on ideas on what we could do just to improve things a couple percent in each spot. And, and again, that actually, as we grew, you know, it, the profit margin on ad spend versus sales actually got better because we did that. I love that. And the other thing that I love that you teach is really dialing in what you're doing goes back to knowing your numbers mm -hmm. is making sure what you're doing works, right? And yeah. it fits within that strategy. Every piece as they're setting up their, their strategy, every piece of that has to be dialed in before you start throwing more money at it. Because if right. you start throwing money money at what's not working, you might get a few more a few more clicks, a few more, you know, calls booked, a few more things, but you're not actually getting the most from it. So you have people really tighten that up before they start investing more money into it. Yeah, I, that's really, really, really a good point because you want to get things dialed in you want to become stable in what you have before you try to scale. Hmm. You know, it's like, hey, I've got a new funnel. I'm going to test it out. I'm going to see how it goes. And people sometimes will make a knee jerk decision based on a little bit of data. And you really have to be patient and make sure that you've got something consistent and sustainable before you try to scale it, because then it's just going to completely fall apart if you don't if have that in place already. So that's a really good distinction there. Yeah. And I also love what you're saying is you have to have enough, enough information. So yeah. you could be looking at your numbers every single day and maybe looking it into smaller increments, right? Yeah. Or try to make decisions too soon. Like, yeah. well, I've been running this for 48 hours. What's it doing <laughs> now, right? Yeah. And that's where that roller coaster goes. So I don't know, maybe you wanna share a little bit about your strategy in terms of what your, what your mindset is around yeah. that, length of time that you're looking at those kinds of things. Well, that's what happens. People turn on their ads and then they refresh their screen like every hour. Like how many clicks have I gotten? How many clicks have I gotten? What's my click-through rate? And it's like they become obsessed with it and they're constantly checking. And you really have to remove yourself from that. Again, like just keep this in mind, okay? It's not magic. Like Facebook built an algorithm. You put information in and you say, you know, hey, I'm looking for these kind of people that live here, that meet this criteria. And Facebook's algorithm has to go out there and find those people, first of all, 
-hmm. They have to have time to put your ad in front of them. You have to wait for enough people to log on to Facebook and scroll through and see it. And then based on the people that are responding, the algorithm gets smarter and smarter and starts um, serving your ad to people that are more and more like the people that already are responding. And so you need to give it time to do that. And that doesn't happen in a day or two. You know, we typically wait, I wait a minimum of seven days before I ever make decisions on ads. I'm very patient because we're dealing with human beings. And while we want to think of Facebook as this machine that just spits out leads, the truth is, is that it's backed by human beings and we're depending on their behavior. And even though we are on Facebook all the time and we're, we're hyper aware of it, right? We run a business and we're like on Facebook all the time. The rest of the world isn't like that. Mm. And so some people might be on Facebook on Monday and not, not get to get on again till Thursday. And some might just check it for 10 minutes on their lunch break. And so if you make decisions too quickly, you haven't even allowed the time for the people to get on Facebook and to responding to go through your funnel. And so I am very, very patient um, when it comes to that. To me, this isn't a sprint. Like, this is a journey. This is a long time game plan that's going to be reliable and steady. And so you have to stay the course and you have to be patient and allow the system to do its job. But it needs time to do that. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I think that is definitely one of the number one traps that people can get into. Mm -hmm. It's just trying to, you, you know, oh, I saw this or the number saying this and I'm going to yeah. switch and I go here and then I switch and go here. And, and you know, we've talked about that, you, yeah. you know, whether it's in your business or in your personal life. I think, you know, people call that what shiny object syndrome, <laughs> but it can, you know, yeah. come over into your ads, too, if yeah. you're just looking at it. And then all of a sudden you freak out and you go, oh, my gosh, I'm going to swap out my picture. Or, oh, my gosh, mm -hmm. the copy needs to change or, oh, my gosh, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And the ability just to sit in what is happening in front of you, right? Like just to yeah. sit in that, be patient, trust in that process. Mm -hmm. And I love if you just had that belief that Facebook is learning your stuff too, baby. <laughs> like you're saying, like it needs right. that couple of days yeah. to show it to enough people or to optimize who your ad should really go to. Yeah. And if you could just hold firm in knowing that that is the truth, it's going to keep you from a little bit of craziness that yeah. can happen with that, you know, refresh button. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is that the more often you change your ads, the more you're starting over the optimization process. And so people will get trigger happy and they want to just keep setting up new stuff and increase that and decrease this and change that. And they're really just hurting themselves by doing that because they're not giving the algorithm time to do what it needs to do. And so it's just about most things in this life, this world too, are about being patient and letting things work. And if you knew that by, you know, it's still this amazing tool where you put information in and you give it some time and over time it will get better and better and give you better and better leads and, and produce better. You know, if you kind of think about it in that way, then maybe, you know, it will allow you to be a bit, little bit more patient. It's like, you know, that like roast that has to marinate, you know, it's like you put it in the marinade for 30 minutes, you're going to get one thing. You put it in the marinade for like 24 hours, you get another thing. It's, it's the same thing with Facebook. You know, think about it as like it's marinating, <laughs> you know, and uh, you can tell I'm hungry. It's lunchtime right now. But, um, you know what I'm saying? How many steaks should you have marinating or like how many different types? <laughs> you know, that's the other thing I think sometimes and, and maybe I'm wrong at, on this, but people do too much at one time. Would that be something that you see as well? Well, you know, the key is and I always teach people to start out with what's got the best chance of success in terms of targeting and other things like that. 
and you've got to just put it out there and you've got to see how people respond. And a lot of times we want to make our own assumptions. You know, I talked to one of um, our people at Millionaire Alliance yesterday and she was like, you know, we're using these pictures and, you know, someone suggested I use these pictures, but they don't really match my branding. They don't re represent me. And but her click through rates were through the roof. And, and I said, listen, like these pictures are speaking to your audience. They might not speak to you, but between your message, your targeting and your pictures, like you could not have a click through rate that high if those pictures were a turnoff. So mm. while you personally feel like, well, these don't match my branding, the truth is, is that all that matters is what your audience responds to. So you're going to test some things. Like you said, how many stakes do you throw in there? You know, you put a couple in at a time, put a couple ads out there at a time and you're testing them and you're giving them time. And based on the information you receive back, you do more of what's working and then you keep testing the other stuff that's not. And you should really expect to put some ads out there that are not going to work. You know, you should expect that your Facebook spend is an investment into collecting data about your audience. I love mm -hmm. you say that again, because <laughs> this is something that actually even over when they come to me freaking out that uh -huh. I say over and over and over again, say it again. <laughs> so your investment, your Facebook ad spend, it, it's an investment into collecting data about your audience and that you're learning more and more about them. You're learning what speaks to them, what doesn't speak to them. So again, there's no reason to get upset that like, oh my goodness, this picture didn't work or this audience tanked or whatever. Great, now you know even more where my audience is hanging out, where they're not, what ad copy speaks to them, what pictures speak to them. And so you want to change your perspective and look at this as an, a wonderful, amazing machine that's allowing you to get to know your people more and more every day. I love that. So in the beginning, when you're starting to run your Facebook ads, you're not <laughs> investing in getting leads, you're investing right. in data. Yeah. You're investing in data so that you know you have a, a, a bunch of numbers you're now looking at, mm -hmm. right? And then you know what to do with them. Yeah. So I think this is, that is so brilliant. If people just even took away that one thing is that in the beginning you're, you're investing in data yeah. that um, it could be a, it could be a huge breakthrough for people. Yeah. You just, you want to go into it with the proper expectation. You know, if you, if you go into this thinking, I'm going to throw some money at Facebook, I'm going to turn my ads on and voila, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and my calendar is going to be full of, you know, <laughs> um, calls and full of new clients. It just doesn't work like that, mm. you know, and you've just got to allow the machine to do what it does and you'll get to that point, but it doesn't start there. Yeah, that's great. So, you know, for us, you know, like we said, it, we it's knowing the numbers and then it's making those numbers better and better. It's not necessarily just throwing more money at it. Yeah. So once you up your game, you make yourself better and better. The third thing that that we really noticed is that you have to you have to stay the path. Yeah. And this comes in. You just mentioned shiny object syndrome. Right. And a, a lot of entrepreneurs have this. You know, they get tons of ideas. Entrepreneurs are like idea generating machines. But uh, most entrepreneurs are actually very low in follow through of getting those things done and they get easily distracted and they jump all over the place. And especially in the online marketing space, there's so many opinions and there's so many different ways to do things. And it would have been very easy for us to get sucked in and say, oh, well, now we need to do a launch. Now we need to speak on a ton of stages. Now we need to create a low ticket offer. You know, when we sat down and decided what's the plan for getting us to a million dollars a month, 
it would have been very easy for us to say, well, you know, we need 20 new programs and we need, you know, to sell a bunch of them at like $97 so we can reach a whole new audience. And we did not allow ourselves to do that. One thing I absolutely adore about Russ is that he likes to keep things simple. Yes. And we uh -huh. might start to go a little bit like, oh, what about this? What about this? And then somehow, though, he it always comes back to like, wait a minute, what do we stand for? What are our values? What do we represent? And we must always make sure that everything that we're doing is keeping us on the path of staying true to who we are, our values, our goals, the kind of business we want to build. And, and so staying the path for us meant we didn't try 50 other low ticket offers. We didn't do big launches. We didn't go speaking on a thousand stages. You know, we stayed the path of what we were doing. Yeah. And just kept getting better and better at doing right. that. Right. Get yeah. better at that one thing rather than trying a million things. And I'm, I'm just so many entrepreneurs are guilty of this, you know, because you can't help it. You're like scrolling through your newsfeed and someone's like, oh, my goodness, I did this one thing and it generated me, you know, five thousand dollars. And you're like, oh, I should do that. You know, mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to this event and there's going to be five thousand people there. You should come there and network. Oh, I'm going to go do that event. And then it's like it's it's just really easy to get derailed and start trying a whole bunch of different things. And you're scattered. Right? And when you're scattered, you, you're not the entrepreneur. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you cannot grow a million dollar a month business being scattered. You mm. must stay focused like a laser and stay on the path. Yeah, I think you have to stay the path on the big things, mm -hmm. what your big things like your your vision, your mission of what you're wanting to do and then how you're wanting to do it. But yeah. I think even in the little things that that you do that, meaning it doesn't matter what's going on. We stay that course. So an example of that would would be over the holidays. Mm -hmm. A lot of people adjust their strategy over the holidays, right? Yeah. It's like all of a sudden, you know, it's Thanksgiving, ads explode. There's <laughs> so much more that you're competing against. Yeah. Christmas time, you know, think people are on vacation or all kinds of stuff is going on. And so people often ask you, you know, should I turn off my ads? Mm -hmm. Should I just close down shop? Should yeah. I you know, do something different? Yeah, and this comes up a lot. Every single year from like November to January, I feel like all I'm doing is talking people off the ledge. Like, <laughs> <laughs> because what happens is, you know, big, big companies, you know, they have this ad budget that they have to spend before the end of the year. And I worked in corporate and it was like, if you don't spend the ad budget, you lose it next year. So companies are just trying to find places to spend money. And a lot of them hold on to that budget or, or try to spend it before the end of the year. And what happens is that creates a whole lot more competition in the newsfeed. And I can't tell you how many people I talk to that say, oh, you know what? Nobody buys over the holidays. They're spending money on their family. They're not going to buy something for themselves or for their business. Or, mm -hmm. you know, the cost is just too expensive. It's too competitive. It's just smarter for me to shut my ads off. And I have to say that this is a huge mistake. I mean, November and December have historically been some of our biggest months ever. We had a million dollar month in November. We had a million dollar month in December. We had a million dollar month in January. And those are over the months when people say nobody buys anything. Mm. And um, I just couldn't disagree more. And so staying the path means that even when things get a little bit hard, that you still find a way to make them work. And 
for us, the truth is, is even if our profit, our costs went up some and our profit margins came down a little during the holidays, we still had a significant ROI. And that's one of the wonderful things about selling high ticket and doing Facebook ads is that it's very hard to not have an ROI. And so that might lower a little bit, but would you rather cut off all of your sales altogether during that time? Or would you rather just not be as profitable, but still be making money? Right. So for us, it's like you stay the path, you push through it. Yeah. And, and you don't, you don't allow the seasons and elections and things that happen that affect the newsfeed to kind of push you off your path. You know, you, you just can't allow that to happen. Yeah. And I think that actually even brings us back to our first point is, is knowing your numbers. Cause like what you're saying is maybe your profit margin isn't quite as big, mm -hmm. but the truth is it, it hasn't really affected uh, us all that much, right? right. We might have a, a, a bigger ad budget during some of those times. But mm -hmm. if you know your numbers, again, you're making decisions based on your numbers. And right. that's what really makes it easier to stay yeah. the path because well, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you have to know how much it costs you to acquire a client, right? Mm -hmm. You know how you have to know how much money it costs you to serve a client. And so that is what should be the indicator of how much you're willing to spend to acquire a client because you know where your profit margin is. And if you don't know that number, then when you see your costs start creeping up on Facebook, you're going to panic and you're going to say, oh, my goodness, we can't do this. But the mm -hmm. truth is, is we know what amount we ideally usually acquire a client at. But we also know what our max is to where when we get to that point, it's not profitable anymore. And that's what drives the decisions I'm making during the holiday season is, OK, we're not at the standard that we're usually at, but we're nowhere near the point where it's not going to be profitable anymore. And again, that allows you to ride through those hard times with confidence is because you know those numbers. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Any other advice that you'd like <laughs> to give someone to stay to stay that path? I mean, and I said it earlier, but you really need to think about marketing as a long-term plan. Mm. You know, like marketing as a business owner, marketing should be a regular like line item every month. You have a certain budget that you're going to put aside towards marketing. And you should always have a certain amount of your budget put aside that's for testing. That like, mm, hey, if yeah. I lose this much, it's no big deal because I learned something. And and so we always do that as we've grown. We have our budget that we spend on ads to generate leads. But then we also have a percentage of our budget that we put aside that we use for testing, knowing that almost the purpose. And I, I, I don't want to like say this nonchalantly, but almost the purpose of it is to like blow it. Right. It's like that's hey, what it always says. <laughs> go, spend, to go, blow this month. go spend twenty thousand dollars testing this or whatever. And obviously not everybody's at that point. But you certainly could say, you know what, I'm going to spend a hundred bucks every month testing something new, knowing that it might not work. And that's OK. I think if you don't get curious and test things like you want to stay the path to what works. But we're always testing other things to see if we can add to the path that we're on. And sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. But I just have to tell you that when it comes to marketing, you need to look at this as a long term journey and that you're always going to be testing new things to see if you can improve. And we talked about upping your game. We're always trying to up our game. So I would encourage every business owner to have their marketing budget that they have every month. But then they also have a little bit of fun uh, spending money for testing new things. Yeah. And what's interesting, though, is even even though we have tested a few other things or maybe we'll test a, a different type ad or maybe a different audience or different, mm -hmm. you know, the, those kind of things. 
our core strategy has stayed the same for yeah. what, like three years or, yeah. you, you know, like our core strategy, yeah. that's that state of path that has yes. not changed. And right. that's why it's so important that whatever you do and in your business, you have to have a proven system yeah. that works. Right. Right. You when things get to. hard, we don't go, oh, maybe webinars don't work anymore. Mm. That's not what we say. Like, yeah. <laughs> you, it's like we know our model works and we're always testing other things to see if we can beat it. But everything that we test still leads people into the webinar model until we find something that doesn't beat it. And so when you have a model or system that works, when things start to go a little bit wonky, you don't ditch it and go, oh, well, I guess that doesn't work anymore. No, there's so many other outside things that can affect it that you need to stay the path. You have a system that works at Clients on Demand. We have a system that works every day, all the time. And so if there's holidays or there's other things that happen, we don't allow that to derail us and think, well, our system is now broken. What once worked doesn't work anymore, you know, and, and I you really have to have the strength to ride through those things when you're running a business. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, thank you, Adrian. So uh, if you would like to talk to someone on our team, if you are committed this next year to really upping your game and having a system for your business where you too <laughs> get to have clients on demand, reach out. You should talk to someone on our team and see if this is something that, uh, you know, that we can help you with. And if it is, awesome and i promise you you will get an amazing amount of value just from talking with someone on our team to see how this would fit into your business awesome Thank you guys have a great day and we'll catch you next time bye guys thanks for tuning in to today's show if you like what you heard and you're interested in seeing if you're a fit to work with clients on demand here's what i want you to do next head over to clientsondemand.com forward slash call. That's clientsondemand.com forward slash call and book an appointment to speak to our team. We'll get on the phone with you for about 45 minutes and we'll get you crystal clear on three things. Number one, the exact price you should be charging. Number two, the exact target audience you should be going after. And number three, the exact strategy you should be using to reach them. Remember, scaling your coaching or service business does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. And we've helped clients all over the world scale their businesses to six and seven figures while enjoying life and making the world a better place along the way. To see if we can help you do the same, head over to clientsondemand.com forward slash call. I'm Russ Rafino, and let's talk soon.